we needed to develop a system in a matter of weeks and make sure it's scalable to support our large parent student base. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. A few weeks ago, we launched a new series about cloud journeys. InterVision's field CTO for cloud, Dustin Milburn, kicked things off with a look at at a people-first approach to your cloud journey. Today, we are going to hear firsthand from one of the people involved in a cloud journey. We are joined by Varuj Solomazian. Varuj is a Senior Director of Information Technology for the Los Angeles Unified School District. The LAUSD is the second largest school district in the U.S with a student population of over 750,000. As senior director, Varuj is responsible for the development of enterprise applications. Welcome to Status Go, Varuj. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I'm looking forward to our conversation today because I know we've got several different uh, aspects of your cloud journey that we're gonna talk about. And I love talking about it from the perspective of people. So let's start with you. Would you mind sharing a bit about your own career journey and what led you to the role that you're in today? Sure. Um, My passion and career path has always been in technology. Um, I was a developer over 15 years, mostly on the Microsoft technologies. Um, And after the Y2K, um, I left the corporate world and accepted a contract um, at LAUSD. My previous boss uh, from Transamerica had landed to LAUSD and she uh, she hired me to close projects. And uh, we had no web-based systems at the time. I started coding in uh, Microsoft ASP. And uh, 15 years later, now we have 300 applications uh, <laughs> we support and maintain, mostly homegrown. It's a, it's a sector that I'm not sure a lot of us would associate with custom applications. And so to have 300 different applications, a lot of them homegrown, that's been quite a journey over the last, what, almost 20 years, if it was uh, post yes. Y2K. Yeah. Yes, we have a lot of unique requirements, so it's, it's really hard to find packages that would meet our needs. And, and given that tenure with the school system, you've seen a lot of change in the technologies that you not only code with, but in the infrastructure, the underlying infrastructure that you write on. My own programming background, I go back to the mainframe days. That That's how old I am, Varuj. I, I started writing COBOL back in the probably the 80s, I think. So where my journey with some of these technologies probably ended is where about the time you were starting with the school system. So talk about this journey to the cloud. I know we're going to talk about two or three projects to use as 
call them case studies for our conversations. So let's start with the student enrollment app. And if you don't mind, set the stage for us. What was LAUSD using for student enrollment at the time that this project kind of got legs and took off? So everything was paper-based. Uh, and we know we've had many attempts on automating these and we had pushbacks from various groups uh, regulatory or internally and then when COVID came upon us we suddenly started getting all these requests to automate some of the manual processes uh, for example this enrollment application system in the past we had uh, enrollment packets where parents went to schools to pick up and then apply and then deliver the required documents back to the school. So, you know, it was it was a mess, uh, but that's what they had to follow. Uh, now, like I said, with COVID, we needed to develop a system in a matter of weeks and make sure it's scalable to support our large parent student base. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, hence the cloud scalability came up and uh, we had conversations with uh, you know, AWS and got introduced to Intervision uh, through them to help deploy and scale these systems on the AWS cloud. Uh, you, know, you know, developing is one thing and, and deploying and scaling is a whole another process. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, we could easily develop systems. You know, in the past, you know, we had to wait for to purchase a server, to install the operating system, and then deploy it, and then scale it, and you know it takes so long to do these things. Mm -hmm. With the cloud, you know it's a couple of clicks away, and we have a system uh, that's running. And it's almost as easy as that, right? To to get something set up. And I, I want to remind our listeners, as Varuj is describing those packets for enrollment. We're talking 750,000 students. That's an incredible workload in the manual world. So was this the first foray into using cloud to solve some of your application development uh, challenges? Absolutely. This was the first uh, system that we were able to develop in such a short time and uh, we you know we did have unbelievers that this is gonna <laughs> scale our you know student and parent population and uh, sure enough we did not have a single hiccup with this and now you know our parents apply online upload their required documents and the administrators in the background sitting at home are managing mm -hmm. administering these documents and enrolling children uh through our regular enrollment process. That is a great success story. Talk to me a little bit about the people. You have a team of developers. How did you get them ready to code on the cloud? Is it a lot different than what you were doing before? And if so, how did you prepare to move in that direction so quickly? Uh, good question. That's that was a challenge obviously uh you know we we are a microsoft shop mm -hmm. we do use c sharp for example but at the same token the typical processes typical uh, software development had to 
adjust, you know, we had to use .NET Core and, you know, little different technologies to be able to quickly and properly deploy to the cloud and have that scalability be there. So um, hence we partnered with uh, vendors mm -hmm. and we hired vendors to help us code these together. And that was part of the training my, that my staff uh, side by side uh, did this and uh, got trained uh, on the job, as they say. And uh, that's the process that we use. And then obviously we had the vendors watch over things, you know, make sure we do code reviews properly, the, the things will work uh, properly as it should on the cloud. Well, kudos to you that you were able to guide your team through that transition and that learning process. You mentioned that you might've had a few naysayers uh, as you were approaching this project. Were any of them on your team of developers or did they jump into learning this new environment and this new world kind of feet first, so to speak? Well, the developers, I didn't have any pushback from the developers, absolutely not. They were all excited to embrace the new technology, you know, cloud, cloud, cloud. Everybody wanted to go there and <laughs> this was their opportunity and uh, to, to get in there and, and enhance their career paths and uh, learn new things, you know, a step away from that regular uh, norm that they've kind of used to and adopt mm -hmm. these new DevOps methodologies. So that wasn't big of a challenge. I mean, they were scared that uh, uh, they not, might not succeed because mm -hmm. it's new to them. And hence the vendor partnerships helped us and helped them oversee this. Yeah, kind of give them that backdrop support. But you yourself exactly. had to sell this to your management through the rest of the IT team. What was that process like? How were you able to convince them that, hey, we've got this problem, we can solve it with cloud and let's go do it? What was that like? Um, it wasn't as easy as convincing my staff. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, I have a record of deploying systems uh, and help the district in various manual processes that it's always hard at the beginning. You know, there's always pushback from people, but then once they adopt the system, you know, they don't want to let go. I can't even upgrade it because they don't want to let go. Uh, mm -hmm. So that that's always there. You know, there were some people thinking, you know, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if, the, if you guys are able to do this on the cloud. This is a whole new development. You know, we were focused to get this done and uh, we proved everybody wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to feel good. It, it absolutely does. You convinced them to take a risk. So, Varuj, yeah. as you look at that project, and I know we're going to talk about a couple of more projects here in a minute, but as you look at that student enrollment project, what were some of the major lessons learned out of going through that? Well, it's not just that project specifically, it's just the whole concept of the cloud. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say start small and build POCs and uh, prove that technology will work in your environment and fits your organizational needs. That's usually the key. And don't be afraid of asking help from the cloud vendors. Uh, they are open to helping you, uh, you know, make it a win-win situation for both parties. Um, and then lastly, I would say, um, 
you know, do an ROI to determine how much of a reduction in physical hardware uh, will be gained, including, you know, the maintenance and downtime and, mm-hmm. and obviously factor in the quick deployments in a scalable uh, environment that, you know, the first applications comes up maybe a little bit slower, but then second and third pushing those up in the same environment is just a right click and deploy. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the challenges had to have been convincing people that you were going to go from the former CapEx where you buy, you buy servers to run this and there's a lot of upfront uh, cash outlay, but then there's not much after that of real cash outlay. Did you get involved in those kinds of discussions about now we're going to have this OPEX model on this application where we're going to get ongoing charges for the use of the underlying infrastructure on the cloud? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, like you said before, when we did a project, we had to factor in, you know, hardware purchases and deployment installations and this and that. Um, Now, you know, it's a single line almost in the project Mm -hmm. scope document saying uh, ongoing cost X amount. And then there's also support in our site, but in terms of the hardware and all that is just with usage based. So yeah, just a line item. Yeah. Just a line item. Yes. Well, let's look at a different project. I know that this one was more of a greenfield project. In other words, the, the application didn't even exist as I understand it. Talk to us about the beyond the bell app and what was that process like? So this, application uh, came about uh, it's a mandate state mandate federal requirements to uh, require common capture and reporting systems you know for our 800 to 1000 elementary middle school high school and then there were 4000 concurrent users that were going to be using this thing so um, it's a mobile app and this was again um, our second mobile app so we had some experience in that area, and this is basically a one-stop shop for parents uh, and families to uh, to check in information about their kids and monitor uh, beyond the bell needs. So it's got a it's got a mobile front end and a cloud back end. Yes, that's correct. And it's, it's standalone, so we had to architect it in a way where our data, you know, uh, on-premise data, which is a, a pretty sizable data, is nightly synced to the cloud, and then it's disconnected from the, the servers on-premise, so it's, it's running on its own, and the syncing is happening, um, you know, daily or, or nightly, or, you know, some of them are every couple hours. So it's been running great. Um, now we're also working on uh, our third version of the our LAUSD mobile app. And this is a huge success for us also. We're about to be deploying this. And this is for families to, uh, again, monitor kids, uh, uh, keeping parents informed on their students' grades, lunch balances, activities, attendance, assignments, uh, critical information for parents to know and then they're handheld. So the Beyond the Bell app and 
the version three of the mobile app that you were just talking mm -hmm. about, those are front-ended by a mobile app and the back-end is cloud, as, as we mentioned. The first project that we talked about, the student enrollment app, is that more web-based or is there also a mobile front-end on that? No, the other the student app is strictly uh, web-based. Okay, okay. So the Beyond the Bell app, what was the decision process like to use cloud for the back end on that, given the success that you had on the student enrollment app? Again, this is, there's 4,000 concurrent users. Uh, you know, we, otherwise, if, if cloud wasn't there, we had to scale several servers and make sure there's, you know, they have high availability. Mm -hmm. uh, this Beyond the Bell mobile app could be used at a park or some school somewhere in the playground. They're checking in, kids coming in, you know, for after-school programs. So this system needs to be portable, probably going to be running mostly on iPads where, uh, the, you know, the parent comes in, you know, checks in the kid and then signs and then eventually come back and pick up and sign. So there's a lot going on and the system needs to be always up and running. And for us, we, we you know, we could scale this easy, mm -hmm. easily on the, on the cloud. And then when there's no usage, you know, we could scale it back. We don't have to have uh, this many uh, processes running when it's not used. I assume since your role is senior director of the enterprise applications, that there's a, a similar role in the infrastructure. Uh, department. What's that relationship been like as you and your app dev team move more and more to cloud-based uh, applications? Has there been some some friction there that you can speak to? And if and if you don't want to go there, that's okay. We don't have to go there. <laughs> no, I mean there hasn't. We had a huge support from my coworker in the infrastructure team, and he, he was all for it as well. Uh, I can't say some of his team uh, members were as open to this. You know, mm -hmm. it always comes in with the change. There's always pushback. Uh, but then once they realize, you know, I was going to do X, Y, Z, now I'm doing A, B, C, you know, whatever. It's still mm -hmm. work. It's still different kind of work. But, uh, you know, people aren't going to lose their jobs because we're going to the cloud. We're just making things easier for everyone and, and uh, have these systems running smooth, smoother than, you know, hardware on premises. So, and this relationship between me and the infrastructure uh, director has been great. Um, and it makes my life much easier having that relationship yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. way. Otherwise, it's, you know, things could be much, much slower. That is good to hear because I, I've talked to, others in your role that maybe it hasn't been that smooth of a relationship. So I'm glad to hear that. So from the Beyond the Bell application, that app, what were your lessons learned as you worked through that project? I don't think it's, it was anything different, anything new we learned off of that project. Again, we did a POC on that one also with the same vendor and um, that helped us to uh, to sell the product to the you know business unit that's asking for it, and it was an easier transition. Uh, so 
we didn't have any hurdles on that project since it, it was it's technically the second one. Mm-hmm. So from here on, it's, it should you know, really be easier to deploy these applications with no surprises, uh, let's say. Yeah, the lessons learned build on each other, right? Exactly. You mentioned earlier the version three of the student system or parent system, if you will. This one is a little bit different project than the first two we talked about. The first one we talked about, you were automating or digitizing a very manual process. The second one was a greenfield mobile app development for Beyond the Bell. This one, you already had an existing application that I assume was mobile, but the back end was more traditional infrastructure. Do I understand that one right? Uh, yes and no. The mobile app version three is web-based and mobile. Okay. Uh, the website is in LUSC.net. Now we're pushing that and also the uh, student grades and and all these activities that students are doing. Today, you have to, you, there's no way for a parent to see that information in one place. They have to go to three different systems to gather this. Uh, with this mobile app version three, we're kind of bringing it all together into uh-huh. one-stop shop for the families to log in or you know, educators can log in to see you know, where the kids are, uh, it's very mobile friendly, easy to access. There's calendar, school calendars in there. There's notifications, push notifications, things like that, that it's scattered uh, in different places today. And this is a very large project when you compare it to the other two, correct? Yes, this is a very large project. This is uh, our version three. We've already have a version two out there working today. And, you know, we have Pretty good responses from parents, hence the version three is coming up and we're going to do a big marketing push to get more parents to participate and sign up for this. When do you anticipate that version three is going to launch? Uh, We are starting our initial testing, uh, small pilots, February 1st, very soon. So yeah, that's uh, like Monday. <laughs> yes, small pilot. Uh, yeah, I, I'm glad you were able to take time out of your day. To our listeners, we're recording this on Friday, January 29th. Uh, so right right around the corner. I'm glad you were able to take time out of your day to talk with us when you've got that launch coming up on Monday. So It's very exciting with us. I'm happy to talk about it. So uh, I'm happy to do this. When you think about it and you think about... Uh, where you were a year ago, uh, January 29th, 2020, you didn't have any cloud-based applications. And fast forward a year, you're working on what will be your third major launch. And you may have some other apps in there that you've deployed uh, in the interim, but your third major launch in less than a year, that's incredibly agile for your department and your coders and just that culture shift. And so talk us through what it's like sitting here today and looking back a year ago, could you have seen yourself here? Um, No, (laughs) 
I couldn't. You know, we've always talked about the cloud. We've looked at various clouds. We've done small POCs. Um, and, you know, my team was already using agile methodologies, deploying systems, uh, small changes, and that's been successful for us. You know, that's what people come to us. That's why we have 300 uh, systems. You know, we're, we're helping different divisions succeed themselves. So we already had the culture that develops this way. Now we have a system and architecture and infrastructure that we could quickly deploy these things and scaled and uh, more structured and we're using proper DevOps methodologies to deploy these systems and it's made our life much, much easier. And obviously the infrastructure, people's lives easier too, because you know we don't, they don't have to constantly say, what's the server for? And what are you doing with this? And, oh, we need this CPU. We need this timer on and we have a specific documentation we fill out. This is how, how much we need. This is our user base. And it, it's been a win-win for everybody. That is so great to hear. As you look at 2021, we're sitting here in January, as I, I mentioned, what does 2021 look like for you? What other big initiatives do you have? And will they be quote unquote, hundred percent cloud? That's definitely our goal, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't know if we can be 100, but we can be very close to that. Mm-hmm. We're looking at, you know, DR, uh, obviously with cloud technologies, we, we have that in place and, you know, we're looking at having our DR on the cloud, mm-hmm. uh, more systems as such. Uh, we're looking at, you know, are, are there larger systems to see if we can move those? We have a student information systems with several hundred servers. You know, we're going to focus on those. Uh, I think we've uh, we've carved the way here with our small to medium-sized systems that, you know, how easy, not easy, but how you know successful it's been to move to the cloud. And I think now um, our goal is to... Uh, move as many applications, uh, systems that we have to the cloud. That's fantastic. And one of the questions that I meant to ask earlier is how big is your dev team that's doing this work? How many people? I have about 45 people. 45 people. But that that encompasses, you know, project managers, leads. Uh, not They're not all just developers. Yeah. yeah. That's an amazing amount of work that you were able to accomplish with that team. When we first talked the other day, I was just in awe of what you have accomplished in that year. So I would really love to turn our attention now, if you don't mind, as we talked, Status Go is about action. And we love to leave our listeners with some really defined action items that they can take away from our conversation. So Varuj, talking to your peers who may not be as far along in the cloud journey as you are, what are one or two things that they should do tomorrow because they listened to our conversation today? Sure. Uh, I kind of covered this earlier, but I think the key is to do an ROI to see you know, how much of this physical hardware that's gonna go away, 
moving to the cloud, you know, and, and you know, factoring all these patches that we do, the, the shutdowns we do that we don't have to deal with as much in the cloud. Um, you know, the staff that supports the databases, the uh, operating systems and all that, make sure you put that on the ROI. And I think at the end of the day, you're going to see a, a surprising benefit going to the cloud, uh, you know, with these systems. And uh, again, I would say, you know, do a small POC. There's several opportunities to do this in different vendors. Mm -hmm. um, prove the technology as we did, that it works. And then after that, uh, you'll see the, between these two, you'll see the benefits. Uh, we have seen it, and I know many other companies have. And uh, again, partner with a vendor or vendors that can help you through this journey. I love that approach where you're talking about, first of all, get your ROI. That's yep. always important, but start with a POC because not only can you prove the technology, your team can learn in a less uh, critical environment than if you're doing a full-blown uh, application, right? You help with that exactly. learning curve by, by peeling off some of those smaller POCs. Exactly. That's exactly how we do. We put the team together and here's the environment we're going to go to. Here's the application we want to build or, or change to move up to the cloud. And everybody went in. Uh, and then again, we had the help with the, the vendors to uh, help us with this. And uh, next thing you know, you know, it's running on the cloud. And that's how our journey started. Varuj, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your day to talk with us today. Uh, I know you've got a launch coming up very soon, and I appreciate the time commitment that it takes to record a podcast like this. Thank you so much for sharing your insights with us. You're very welcome. I'm glad to do it. It's very exciting. Thank you. And maybe we can have you back later in the year and we can talk about how your journey continues because we're going to be doing more of these cloud journey episodes as the year progresses. So we'd love to have you back on the show. Oh, great. I'll be glad to. To our listeners, if you have a question or want to learn more, visit intervision.com. The show notes will provide links and contact information. This is Jeff Tun for Varush Solomazian. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find Intervision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.